Hey, welcome everyone to Hope for Our Times Sunday night. I had to make sure my mic was on there. I thought I had accidentally shut it off. Uh, great to see all you. So I just read, apparently, I think it's somebody named Misty I just saw in the comments. Says it's going to be 107 in Texas this week. That's hot. When I was there last week, it was like 105 and humid. And uh, man, that's some, that's some hot stuff. But interesting things are going on all over the world. Hey, before I forget, we will be doing, uh, having a live stream hosting it for the conference that's coming up in Huntington Beach. Billy Crone's going to be there, Brandon Holdhouse, uh, Monkey's going to be there, uh, along with some of my other friends. It's going to be a great conference, but we will be live streaming. And I think we're going to go July 1st as we're going to be able to start the registration on that. By the way, we also have an Israel tour coming up for those of you who want to go. Uh, November 2 through 13 of this year. And I think we start the registration on Monday. That would be tomorrow. If anybody's interested, it will be a terrific trip. And um, assuming that we're not raptured. I, listen, I'd prefer to be raptured. But if not, going to Israel. Okay, you guys ready? So we're in Amos. And uh, looking at Amos chapter 5 for uh, the message this evening. And it's right here. You can see it. Title of the message. It is an evil time. So you might not like the title of that message. It's very truthful. And you want to know what? That title came right here from Amos chapter 5, just as my title last week uh, came from Amos chapter 4. Those are the words out of uh, Amos chapter 4 verse 12. Today, the words of Amos chapter 5 verse 13 are the title that is an evil time. We have a lot to talk about. I want to get to your questions. It's going to be exciting. So you ready to go? Let's, let's roll. And if I, by the way, I'm really tired, just so you know. Um, so I hope I don't come across like I'm tired, uh, but we'll, we'll see. I think I, I think I have enough energy to keep going. One more program tonight, too. I'm doing live with Kurt Reed. He's in Vegas. I'm here. Uh, that's going to be 6 o'clock. So right when we're done here, I'm going to be on live with Kurt at 6 o'clock on his YouTube channel. Okay, let's get going. Uh, Amos chapter 5, verse 1. Hear this word which I take up against you, a lamentation, O house of Israel. The virgin of Israel has fallen. She will rise no more. She lies forsaken on her land. There's no one to raise her up. For thus says the Lord God, the city that goes out by a thousand shall have a hundred left. And that which goes out by a hundred shall have ten left to the house of Israel. So remember, Amos is prophesying about the destruction that's going to come to the northern kingdom Israel during the time of the Assyrian invasion, which took place, I believe, 722 B.C. So he's living back then. That's what he's talking about. But the real dynamic for us today is looking, going, okay, how's this working? And I believe that we are being warned right now. And we see it here. So God continues, verse 4, For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live. But do not seek Bethel, nor enter Gilgal, nor pass over Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out the fire in the house of Joseph and devour it. With no one to quench it in Bethel, you who turn justice to wormwood and lay righteousness to rest in the earth. He made the Pleiades and Orion. He turns the shadow of death into mourning. And makes the day dark as night. He calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. He rains ruin upon the strong, so that fury comes upon the fortress. 
They hate the one who rebukes in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks uprightly. Therefore, because you tread down the poor and take grain taxes from the poor, though you have built houses of hewn stone, yet you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink wine from them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins, afflicting the just and taking bribes, diverting the poor from justice at the gate, Therefore, the prudent keeps silent at that time, for it is an evil time. Say, folks, we live in evil days. And as I look at the prophecies here from Amos and I look at where we are in the world today, uh, we need to be aware of what's going on. So let's go through a few news items, and then I'm going to get back into some things with Amos. But I just want to connect the dots because we need to understand the days that we live in. And for those of you out there who are saying, man, uh, Tom, I can't believe you're always talking about bad news. Listen, if there's good news out there, I'll talk about it. But here's what we have. The good news is the best news. Jesus is coming, and he came the first time to forgive us of our sins. That's the greatest, greatest news. We can't get better news than that. Hence, we have hope. But when you look at all of the other news, there ain't that much good news that's going on out there but Jesus. Uh, Jesus came the first time. Jesus is coming again, and he saves the sinner, and this is great. In the words of J.D. Farag, and in the words of the Bible, but God. It's a mess, but God. Okay, this first article, North Korea reports outbreak of unidentified disease along COVID-19. South Korean officials have said that the disease only referred to be North Korea as an acute enteric epidemic is likely to be either cholera or typhoid. So there it is coming out of uh, North Korea for that. Um, very interesting days. Indeed, they are, because we keep having these. Of course, coming out of North Korea, you don't know if it's true or not, and you don't know how bad it is, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it, along with all of the other things. Then there's this article. This is from Michael Snyder, The End of the American Dream. If the streets of America are this chaotic now, what will they be like when things really start hitting the fan? And then uh, there's this article. A deflationary tsunami on deck, a tidal wave of discounts and crashing prices. I find this very fascinating because right now what we have going on is uh, we have an inflation problem, uh, but at the same time, every projection I'm reading going, we're going into a deflationary period where you can, ex I believe, we're going to start to see some very interesting dynamics take place. Along with food being bare at grocery stores, we're going to see abundance of other products because people aren't going to be buying them anymore. Those other products are going to be coming down in price because people aren't going to buy them. It's a very interesting time. We have an inflationary time and we have a deflationary time. Both seem to be crashing into each other at the same time. And the outcome appears to be um, disastrous, to say the least. On June 12, it was reported that sources in the U.S. State Department have confirmed that the Biden administration intends uh, to open an office of Palestinian affairs around uh, in Jerusalem uh, uh, without Israeli permission. You know what? I meant to read this other article first. I got to get back to the Jerusalem thing uh, from Damon Duck because it's really interesting. I think we need to pay attention to what's going on. But let me get back to the thing with the money, the inflationary and deflationary problems uh, concerning hyperinflation uh, and an economic collapse. Think of the rider on the black horse. Just as Damon Duck says, as I say, he says this recent, uh, 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 
A reader recently sent me an article dated June 7 that contains the opinions of several people on the current economic situation. The article was written by author and media expert Alexandra Bruce of Forbidden Knowledge TV. It was carried by Zero Hedge on June 11. And he writes, here's my understanding, Kim.com. Uh, certainly you've heard Kim.com changed uh, their name to Kim.com, uh, the New Zealand tech CEO. The spending and debt are out of control. Hyperinflation is guaranteed, and there's no way to fix it. So again, I believe we're going into inflationary, a higher inflationary period on some items, and deflationary on other items, the items that people said, I'm not going to buy anymore. I don't know. What could that be? Maybe furniture, maybe that type of thing. As people are looking, going, well, this is more important. Energy and food and water. That will be the inflationary period. Uh, it's interesting to watch. Our government, this is also from Kim.com, can't do it. But if, we, if it could sell everything our government uh, has and every U.S. citizen owns, the U.S. would still be broke and unable to pay off all of its debts. The Great Reset is a controlled demolition of the global economic system and its replacement with a new system where the elites are masters of the slaves, the citizens of the world. Folks, this thought from Kim.com fits perfectly with what the Bible tells us it's going to be the elites and then everybody else. And crashing the economy is going to put them uh, in control of everything. And they're going to try to appear as the benevolent care of everyone when really it's just going to be evil. Enter the system of the beast, enter uh, Antichrist himself. Harrison Smith, host of the American Journal, said, the world economy is being collapsed, the food supply system is being destroyed, the energy that we rely on to maintain civilization is being curtailed and eliminated, and uh, we'll be forced into the Great Reset where we will own nothing. That goes back to the words of, what's his name, Klaus Schwab, by 2030 you will own nothing and you will be happy. The reason why he says you'll be happy is uh, because once you have every, every single thing is eliminated from your life, you become a beggar, you're about ready to die, and then... Uh, this beast system comes along and says, oh, we'll give you, um, we'll give you something to eat. We'll let you stay in this, this housing that we have for you. And you go, oh, thank you, oh, generous one, for taking care of us. That's, this is their intent. These people are evil. Edward Dowd, former BlackRock manager, said more lockdowns are coming to control the expected violence, get this, that will result from an economic collapse. So, I have no doubt that that is coming. Okay, let's move to the next one. Check out this picture. Look what it says. In all of 2021, there were only 10 uh, fire destruction events of food production systems in the entire United States. In the first half of 2022, there have been 87 fire or destruction events of food production facilities in the United States. And then, check this out. I have this article says here, uh, this is from John in New York, hundreds of food processing plants are being, have blown up and burned. 10,000 cows just dropped dead. I'm going to show you that video in just a minute. The baby formula plant was flooded and destroyed. The largest natural gas LNG plant in Texas blew up. Now hurricanes are to hit the Gulf oil and gas industry starting in July. Russia plans a full mobilization in July. From what I gather, the U.S., just as Lyra says, plans to go to war against Russia in July. And Lyra believes Biden will resort to nukes. And he says, and I agree. Then he says, you have little time to prepare for a grid down 
disaster. So I, I think of the words in the comments, I think it was Misty from Texas said 170 degrees coming in Texas this week. Man, that is hot. And then going on here, there's a list of I don't know how many. It stops numbering them at a 32. And then after you hit 32, it's just bullet points of all the different um, food plants that have been destroyed by fire, by planes crashing into them, and by the rest. I've had several different, uh, you guys out there that have sent these lists to me, remarkable. Let me go back to this picture again and look at this. No, I tell you what, yeah, let's look at this. Look at this again, 2021, all year, that's the blue that you see on your screen of food production destruction. First six months of 2022, look at that, how many have been destroyed. Okay, now I'm gonna show you this video. Some of you have already seen this. This video is of cattle that just died suddenly. Check out this video. It's only about 30 seconds long. No audio, but just check it out. If they're gonna come back and comment. Wow. So I mean, a picture says a thousand words. So that's just some of them. I've, so what you read, the narrative on these dead cows is that um, it's a heat wave struck and over 10,000 cows suddenly died. I mean, it seems, listen, this whole thing seems very suspicious. You go back to the destruction of the food plants, and we're watching this go, what in the world's going on, while BlackRock and Bill Gates and the Chinese are buying up farmland in the United States of America, much of it to be converted, from what I understand, into some kind of chemically plant-based kind of food product. Now, this is most interesting, because in 1 Timothy chapter 4, the Bible says, then last days they'll be teaching doctrines of demons, meaning within the church. And one of those doctrines of demons is commanding that you don't eat meats. Now, listen to this. Regarding not eating meats, uh, the word meats uh, is a Greek word, or foods, I believe, if you have King James Bible. Is, it comes from a Greek word, uh, victuals or vittles, and it means a food fit for human consumption or actual protein, meat. Food fit for human consumption. In the last days, Paul wrote, this is what they're going to do. Command that you don't eat food that's fit for your consumption. I used to wonder what that meant, and I tried to put it into a religious uh, thought process, and it never fit. That has never fit until now. And we're watching these things going on. We're realizing, folks, we live in very interesting days. I have a short coming out about this in a couple of days, and I'm also going to do a, a, a video, I believe, with James Cadiz for a few minutes someday uh, this week, too. There's so much going on here that we need to pay attention to. Let me go on to the next thing. Uh, this is uh, from Israel National News. Shot across the bow, Russia to submit resolution against Israel. For the first time since Israel began attacking Iranian targets in Syria, Russia is taking unprecedented steps to protect its ally. Very interesting, folks, as we think of the future. The, in the future, the Ezekiel 38 battle is going to be here. Not here yet. I can tell you one reason. Right now, uh, Israel is on guard because Russia's talking like this. When Ezekiel 38 comes around, Israel's guard's going to be down. They're going to think, they're going to be surprised when Russia comes against them. If Russia were to do something now, I'm not so sure Israel would be that surprised. But it's a buildup, and we can watch the dynamics. Uh, last article I want to show you, then we're getting back to Amos. The Jerusalem betrayal by the Biden administration. The Biden administration insists on producing a tribute to the Palestinians that would undermine Israeli sovereignty in Jerusalem. Okay, with this, now let me get back to these words from Damon Duck that I started to read. I want to finish it short, just a couple of sentences. It was reported uh, that sources in the U.S. State Department have confirmed that the Biden administration intends 
to open an office of Palestinian affairs in Jerusalem without Israeli permission. Biden intends for this office to carry out the duties of an embassy without being under the U.S. embassy. So fascinating. Without Israeli permission, we're just going to do it. According to the article in U.S. Senator Bill Haggerty, Biden's actions are a violation of international law. According to the U.S. ambassador to Israel under Trump, Biden is setting the stage for an attempt to give the Palestinians control over part of Jerusalem and to implement the two-state solution without Israel's permission. And then he writes here, um, God's judgment will fall upon the U.S. for what Biden is doing. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 3, he quotes, you could throw in there Joel chapter 3, where God's going to judge those that divide up his land, and also Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, uh, where God says, I'll bless those who bless thee, I'll curse those who curse thee. So folks, we look at what's going on. This goes all the way back to the title that we have for today. Uh, it is an evil day that we live in, folks, and God is calling us to the place of repentance. So we look at this, we put all the things that we just saw into the category of what God was telling the people of Israel in the days of Amos and what he's saying to us now. So in the days of Amos, we saw the call in the verses that we read, verses 1 through 13, as God is calling the people to him. He says this in verse 4, look at this, he says, it starts out in verse 1, hear this word which I take up against you, O Israel. This is the word against you. You better repent and you better turn to me. Verse four, God says, for thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, seek me and live. Interesting, don't go to Bethel and don't you dare go to Gilgal. Seek me and live. Your religion is no good to me. Listen, religion doesn't save. God is telling them, even in the Old Testament, seek me. Listen, we're saved by what Christ has done for us. And here, even in the Old Testament, we even see a principle laid out that fits that. But I look at everything that's going on, folks, and every single thing is happening so fast. God is calling us to seek Him and live, just like He did back then. I was driving down the street the other day thinking of all the different things that I see that, that you guys see. And, and it's hard to think, how can people not see what in the world is going on? Especially if you claim to be a Christian and you read your Bible and you've ever written, uh, uh, read the Old Testament or any of the prophecies in the, in the New Testament, if you've been willing to read the Olivet Discourse, uh, the letters of Paul, the book of Revelation, the letters of Peter, uh, John, and so forth, how can you not see these things that are happening right now? It's not a coincidence that all of these things just happen to be happening at the same time exactly as the Bible says that they will. And it's a reminder to me, Romans chapter, um, Romans chapter 11, it appears to me that the time of the Gentiles is about ready to be filled. It's about over. It looks like that door is rapidly closing. Uh, think of this. So again, uh, when we look at this, God had a problem with the leaders, the spiritual leaders. Here's what was going on. And you know, I know this is repetitive from the Old Testament prophets, but God tells us things over and over and over again because we don't get it. But he, he had a problem with the priests. He had a problem with the false prophets, the false priests. The majority of them were false. Very, there was a small percentage of them that were pressing forward in truth and pressing forward in, in what was right and in righteousness. Um, you had false priests. You had false prophets. Then you had the bad political leaders, the kings. You had the bad judges and the whole bit. You know, look at that. 
And then you look at where we are in America and the people were turning from God and God's shouting at them, hey, seek me and live here. Hear this word which I take up against you. Turn now, seek me and live. This is God's call. Come to him. But look at where we are in America. Check out this next article. When you put this into the position of what God was doing with Amos. Look at this article. Gallup poll, belief in God among U.S. adults dips to all-time low. Okay, so right now in the Western world, the United States of America, listen, we need missionaries coming to this land. I mean, look at, you look at the pastors. I'm going to read this other article here in just a second. You look at the pastors. How many of them won't teach the biblical truths regarding judgment, regarding sin, regarding um, Jesus coming again? They just refuse to teach those things. And people like you and me are just, are, are just mocked for saying such things. And, and so you start looking at this, and then you realize that, well, people aren't turning to the Lord because they're not hearing any truth. People need to know the truth. But the pastors won't give the truth. Here's this article. Check this out. This is from Harbingers Daily. Is unbelief the real reason America's pulpits are silent regarding prophecy? What a profound title. He writes this. I'm, I'm, uh, this is Jonathan Brentner. I'm weary of the excuses that I hear from pastors as to why they cannot talk about Jesus' glorious return for his church. I'm tired of preachers going to great lengths to avoid saying the dreaded word rapture. You would think the church building roof would instantly cave in on the worshipers at even the mention of such a dreaded word like rapture. Why are pastors today so afraid to talk about the future bodies, uh, our new future bodies and Jesus' return to take us to that place that he is preparing for us? The good news they have to share is beyond spectacular and amazing. Yes, so many go to great lengths to avoid talking about our blessed hope. Pastors say they fear causing division. But, but is that any reason to avoid teaching what Scripture tells us about the day in which we live? Is that any cause to withhold the truths about our glorious future from the ones who need it most as they face perilous times? Pastors today have the most spectacular news an over-the-top, wonderful, and joyous hope to share with their people. So why the silence? In essence, they sacrifice biblical truth on the altar of maintaining peace. Man, that was put so well, and I totally agree. I've been saying that for a long time. Listen, this didn't start with coronavirus. I, I was asked to write an article, I believe it was in 2012, about why pastors won't teach on Bible prophecy. And let me tell you, that number's gotten smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, but here... Uh, they sacrifice biblical truth on the altar of maintaining peace. And then he gives various reasons. Some preachers say they want to focus on the Great Commission and bringing the others uh, to Jesus, which this writer says, which are admirable uh, objectives to be sure. Uh, but then he goes on to comment, well, wait a minute, basically it comes down to this. So you can't share the Great Commission and tell people Jesus is coming again? Listen, one of the most uh, evangelical messages you can do to get people to hear uh, the gospel and want to receive Christ is to tell them, hey, Jesus is coming again. I mean, look at all that's going on. I talk to people who don't know the Lord. I talk to people who never go to church. They've got questions, and they're wondering. They come to me. They probably come to you. Church people don't want anything to do with it. So when you see church people uh, saying more, less and less people want to go to church, less and less people want anything to do with Christianity or the Bible, is it because the pastors, as they, have, they really don't believe the message that they have? 
They're so worried about offending people that they say, well, we're just about the Great Commission. Well, how can you even deliver the Great Commission if you don't talk about sin and you don't talk about judgment? Then he asks another question. Some pastors insist they're not equipped to talk about Bible prophecy. And this was one of my points that I made several years ago in that, in that newsletter that I wrote, um, that article, uh, that they'll say, well, I don't really know where to start with Bible prophecy. You start with Bible prophecy the same way you do with any other book of the Bible. If you're a pastor, you know, you get out the commentaries, you start going through it, you work through it, you reason through it, God's given you a brain, and you, and you go forward. But this goes to a complete denial. Then he asks this question, is unbelief the culprit behind the silence in America's pulpits regarding prophecy? I know this is the case for those who deny the restoration of a kingdom for Israel during the millennial kingdom. But what about those who claim to be pre-millennial? He goes, perhaps I'm far too critical, but I think that if pastors truly believe what scripture says about Jesus appearing, then um, wow, how can they possibly remain silent of these glorious truths? And then he says this, I'm so weary of trying to understand this. Such is the state of many churches that claim to be Bible-believing. Mention that you believe in the future restoration of the kingdom to Israel and the rapture and pastors treat you like a pariah in their midst. They ignore and totally dismiss you. How dare you connect current events with what the Bible says will happen in the future? You must be some sort of doomsday radical. Then he writes this, no, I simply believe what the scripture says about the day of the Lord. Um, I, I look at this and he says so many other things in here, great article, but I'm sure many of you have felt that same way. If I bring up these things to my pastor, they just look at me like they're going to have to kick me out of the church or something like that. And then you go back to the book of Amos and you realize God's calling and God's calling and God's calling. He says, seek me and live. Judgment is coming. And, and the prophets were mocked. The prophets were ridiculed. Listen, we but stand strong in the Lord. We have the prophetic word that keeps us pressing forward with the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here in Amos, uh, verses 1 through 3 again, God calls Amos when he says, Hear this word which I take up against you. The virgin of Israel has fallen. She will, she will rise no more. She lies forsaken on her land. There is no one to raise her up. Amos predicts that things will be so bad. He even says, in verse 3, the city that goes out by a thousand shall have a hundred left. Uh, what that really is is a reference to soldiers. You have a thousand strong soldiers, but then this judgment's coming, and then at the most you're going to only have a hundred, and they're going to be rather weak. So let me take America. I know there's people watching from all over the world, not just America, but let me just use America as an example for you. I showed a video um, some time back. It was on one of my midweek videos that we put together, and it had the recruitment for the Chinese military. And I mean, it was pretty, it was, it was very, um, how do you say it, a masculine. It, it was definitely uh, a man thing. It was not woke. And then I showed the Russia recruitment for their military, definitely not woke. By the way, Russia is going to win Ukraine. And the news we've been lied to, which we've been saying, right? right? I mean, most of you knew that. We've been getting lied to by the media. We're spending billions of dollars uh, and we're fighting a proxy war against Russia using Ukrainian people to suffer and die for our proxy war, the, the globalist proxy war, and the proxy war of the Biden administration. Absolutely awful because we got issues with Russia. And it appears uh, uh, these, these globalists in the Western world, Europe and America, are going to do, they're, they're really doing everything they can to try and 
poke the bear, uh, poke Putin, to get him to respond. I don't know why, so they can launch nukes or something. Um, yeah, just look at this, We've got bad stuff going on. Okay, so here, but you have the Russian military and you have the Chinese military, both strong. And then in that video, I showed the American military recruitment ad, and it had a woman who was raised by two lesbians, and uh, she was the daughter of them. And she says, you know, they'll accept you, the whole acceptance thing. And so here in Amos, what do you have? This army that was a thousand strong, now it's a hundred and it's weak. What do we have in America? I mean, I'm looking, thinking, could America defend itself? And there's some strong people in the military. I, I know some. And I pray for a lot of people going into the military. And I've talked with my friends that are part of the military, Monkey and, and also Pete Garcia about this. Say there's some really good guys that are in there that are in the leadership. But man, it's just gone so woke overall. Um, it's, very, it's very disturbing. But that's what God describes in Amos also. All right, so as you continue through this in verse, verses 4 through 7, Israel had previously worshipped God and known God and had been met by God in Bethel and Gilgal. Uh, Bethel, meaning house of God, is the place where Jacob had his dream. Remember that? And he sees the ladder uh, ascending and descending, uh, the vision of the ladder. That was in Bethel. God had met him there. Gilgal is the place in the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 5, where the people of the Israelites uh, they came over and they crossed over the Jordan and there they had the first Passover that they celebrated uh, in the Promised Land when they crossed over the Jordan at the place of Gilgal. So these were two very, uh, these were places of genuine worship. And the Lord says, you ain't going back there because you have corrupted them. They've become corrupt and sinful uh, places of religious where the people mixed their, 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 uh, their, sinful belief with religious practices, basically saying, no, God's good with all of this stuff. And God says, don't you dare go back there. Don't you go back to Gilgal, that place where I blessed you. Don't you dare go back to Bethel, the place where I blessed you. These were your beginnings. But you've corrupted everything. You bring in your sinful things and you say, it's okay. God is good with all of this, this whacked stuff that I do. God's not okay with it. And it says, so he says here, in verse 4 through 7, don't you dare return to Bethel. Don't you dare return to Gilgal. Seek me and live. You want to live? You just turn to me and, and, and you repent. Verse 7, justice was turned to wormwood. Think of Revelation chapter 8, right? When we have this, this um, what appears to be a comet, a star falling. It comes to the earth and all of the waters are turned to wormwood. It's bitterness. And here God says, this is what it's going to be for you. Justice has turned to bitterness. You just got this foul odor and spoiled and everything's bitter for you. And so, I mean, you look at where we are. Look at some of the news stories we opened up with. Listen, we, to, to think, you know, you hear people say, well, God's in the, uh, he lives in the 21st century or whatever. Well, you know what the Bible tells us? God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't just wink at sin. And so you look at where we are, you're thinking, man, this is, this is, not, a, this is not a good thing. If you do not know the Lord, uh, it, it can be a disturbing thing if you're willing to look and um, be honest. He also says here, verse 7, lay righteousness to the earth. Listen, what, what's this about? Justice had been thoroughly spoiled and righteousness as good as dead. It's just, it's just uh, they, they don't want it. Right? We live in a time when righteousness is 
dead as far as people can see. Um, where Isaiah prophesies, and he says, where the people will call right wrong and wrong right. We live in a world where, at least in the Western world, where we're celebrating Pride Month. When I say we, I don't mean me personally, but I'm an American. Uh, and I live in America, so we as a whole, just like Daniel, Daniel looked himself and he realized judgment, uh, he realized what was going on with Babylon, and he realized the problems with repentance, and oh, oh God, forgive me. What did Daniel do? But, the, but he understood Israel's sin as a whole, or Judah's sin as a whole. And we look at where we are, and you start going, Pride Month? Well, this is the fall of Satan, right? It was, uh, it was pride was his sin, and it still is his big problem. So we celebrate in America Pride Month. They'll never let you celebrate that in a Muslim country. Just go ahead and do it. Go ahead and give it a try. See how well that goes over. You think they're going to do that in Russia or China? But you look here at America, many places in Europe won't even allow it to happen. But you look at America, what is this? This is the enemy. This is about confusion. This is about turning, making right evil and evil uh, right. This is Romans chapter 1 where people have been given over to a debased mind, a reprobate mind. Men lying with men and women with women. Folks, what we are watching is a judgment. And I, and I know many of you guys that are watching right now live in various parts of the world. But the problem is, as America goes, listen, so this is what Satan knows. Satan knows that you have to bind the strong man. So in that, that's what he's doing. He is binding the strong man. America. And when America is bound, then the globalists can have their position. And we are watching a purposeful destruction of America. Check out this, this next article that seems to fit where things are going. Look at this. Nicaragua approves joint military exercises with Russia. Can you pull that article up, please? There you go. Now you can see it. Nicaragua approves joint military exercises with Russia. CBS uh, said this. Uh, this is the title, the first paragraph. Uh, the government of Nicaraguan president, excuse me, Daniel Ortega, has authorized Russian troops, planes, and ships to deploy to Nicaragua for purposes of training, law enforcement, or emergency response. This is from a publication called COVID and, uh, excuse me, COVID and Coffee is sarcastic. It's worth reading. He says, odd, ah, not just troops, planes and ships too. Remind me, what do we call troops plus planes uh, and ships? Uh, like an army or something? Anyway, the Hills op-ed adds that in previous arrangements of this kind, such as Minamar, Russia's similar training access has morphed into a permanent military base. And then he writes this, and this is concerning. Try to follow me here. Nicaragua, Nicaragua is only about 1,000 miles from our southern border. That's within missile range. Now, our media doesn't seem too interested in this dull, boring story. Uh, what's the big deal? It's just for training and law enforcement purposes, they say. Like Russia has anything better to do with those troops, planes, and ships anyway. Yeah, no kidding. Like I said, it's sarcastic. Our media may not be interested, but Russia's media is all over it. Some kind of overproduced Russian TV uh, network news show aired a story about it on June 9th. And the anchor lady said, he translates, the most unpleasant cherry atop the Democratic cake for the United States was a sensational announcement that Ortega has permitted Russian troops, ships, and planes to enter Nicaragua. Uh, of course, only for humanitarian purposes. Uh, Russian troops can enter Nicaragua in the second part of 2022. Uh, what did you want? Listen to this. 
And this is what we need to understand. If American missile systems can reach Moscow from Ukrainian territory, it's time for Russia to roll out something powerful closer to the American city on a hill. Uh, but what do you hear about here in America? Don't hear anything about it. Almost nobody's heard anything about that unless you're paying attention to the other news, not the mainstream media. So yeah, what's, what's Russia gonna do when you have American missiles right there in Ukraine? And then this article goes on to talk about all the biolabs. So what happened is Nicaragua pointed out the hypocrisy of the United States with the 43 biolabs that were in Ukraine and said, we don't have such things. Well, they did. Nicaragua pointed that out. Oh, guess what happened right after that? You gotta hear this. Right after that was pointed out to uh, Nicaragua, this is, uh, right after Nicaragua pointed that out about the United States, get this, the next day, the U.S. responded by putting nine Nicaraguan officials on the no travel list. You know, you look at this and you go, you know, you can't make this stuff up. So you look at where we are and you think, man, uh, there's some real issues. So here, uh, you, you start putting all of this together. And Amos reminds the people that God is, uh, who God is, and then he directly tells them of their evil. Uh, Amos reminds the people why God ought to be sought and why God is the one who is able to deliver them. He even tells them in verse 8, he made the constellations, plagues in Orion. He turns the shadow of death into morning. And he makes the day dark as night. He calls the waters of the sea and pours them out in the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. So he's letting the people know, hey, look, God's the creator of all things. Yet you refuse to turn to him. I mean, you look at it right now. You see everything falling apart. Death and destruction and famine and, and all these different threats and wars and rumors of wars that are very, very real. Economic destruction. People are like, no, I don't want to go to church I don't want to, uh, don't tell me about the prophecies because they kind of scare me and, and, I, and I don't want to be scared. And I just want the happy news. That's exactly what was going on that day. Well, just let me, if I'm going to go to church, let me be the church of my choosing because I don't want to go someplace where I'm going to hear about sin because uh, that's just not fair. That's, that, that's just not right. You know, it's, it's that kind of nonsense when you start looking at this stuff. I mean, so... What makes man, look at this, verse 9, think he can escape God. God rains the ruin upon the strong so that fury comes upon the fortress. You, you, you can't escape God. In verse 10, they hate the person who rebukes them at the gate. The gate wasn't just to go ingress and egress, in and out of the city. It's where legal things were done. Judges were there. In the book of Ruth, you have the wedding of Boaz and Ruth there. You have the city council there. And they hate the person who rebukes them at the gate. We don't want to be rebuked. Think of Roe v. Wade, right? Kind of like that. They hate, you say we can't do what we want to do all over the place. By the way, all this thing with the Supreme Court is just giving the power to the states to do what the states want to do when it comes to abortion. But you look at it, something else. They abhor the one who speaks uprightly, verse 11, and seeks justice for the poor, and then verse 13, God says, it is an evil time. Let me show you this just for a second. We're almost done here, then I want to take your questions. But look at this article, James Revenge Plans, Roe v. Wade Reveal, Night of Rage. Hey, Matthew, can you pull this up on the screen, please? There you go. James Revenge Plans, Roe v. Wade Reveal, Night of Rage. Carrying that 
anger out into the world, expressing it physically. So what is this about? Well, I'll show you this. Uh, look at this. This is a, a flyer. A DC call to action, night of rage. The night SCOTUS overturns Roe v. Wade. Look at this. Hit the streets. You said you'd riot to our oppressors. If abortions aren't safe, you're not safe either. Jane's revenge. Okay, here's another one. Also connected with the same group. Forced birthers. Come to our town. We'll lock you in a church and burn the, I had to black that word out, uh, down. So this, okay, so I want you to think of this. These are real threats. Tom Cotton, Senator Tom Cotton uh, said last week, he said, okay, uh, he challenged, uh, who is it, Merrick Garland. So how is it that there's, that James Revenge has already attacked 50 pro-life centers and or churches? And yet, crickets. You don't hear a thing out of anybody regarding that. If this was done by another group, or faked, done by a group that, was, that they said was white, Christian, right, or whatever. Uh, even, you know, this is remarkable. Even my black friends who are Christians and conservative in their thinking are now called uh, white racists. I mean, it's just the weirdest thing that's going on. I have many friends that say, man, they, they, they receive all kinds of hate mail. But you'll look at this, you go, okay, so these attacks, 50 pro-life centers and churches, we're done. And labeled by a white ring, a right wing group or a white Christian group, or if they were just labeled that way, even if it wasn't, which does happen, um, it'll be, it's your terrorists. So Tom Cotton says, you know, so what's going on here? 50 attacks, nothing. Crickets, not a thing. Why? Because they're done against groups they hate. That's what's happening here in Amos. You hate what is right. Uh, those who come to the gate, you, you, do, you abhor anything that's good. You hate what is good. You stand up for that which is evil. Folks, we're seeing this on a much larger scale than what was happening back then at, at the time of Israel's destruction. This is huge. This is massive. It really involves the entire Western world and especially the destruction of the United States of America. But apparently, uh, what is coming uh, after Roe v. Wade Hold on. So there's attacks that are going to go all over the place. These groups are Soros-funded is to bring down America and to marginalize and bring down the world, bring the whole world into this global system. So some countries he already has, uh, the enemy already has, but he has to get uh, the United States. So that's what's going on. But what's the answer? Verse 4 he said, seek me and live. The last thing, this will only take about a minute. It's the cure, and I'm going to wrap it up here. So get ready to send in your questions. Seek good, verse 14, and not evil. Here's the solution, the cure, that you may live. So the Lord God of hosts will be with you. As you have spoken, hate evil, love good. Establish justice in the gate. Bring in righteousness. Don't bring in these lies. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Uh, we're going to stop there. The next section is, you can see it in your Bibles, the day of the Lord. So we'll get there next time. But it may be, maybe there's still hope for, uh, for the nations. Um, it looks like everything is going the way that the Bible says it's going to go. Uh, it looks to me like we've already been handed over for judgment. But listen, there's always hope. 
uh, for the individual to turn to Christ and just say, man, I, I can see what's going on. I need to know the Lord. So there's always hope uh, in Jesus Christ. So listen, there is a lot of bad news out there, but the good news is Jesus. That's how it was here. Seek me and live. And if you're somebody, you're thinking, man, I, I, th- I think I'm in that place. I need to be surrendered to the Lord. Then uh, ask Christ to forgive you of your sins. Repent of your sins and he will. Okay, let's get going to questions. Let's see if we have any. I see some uh, lots of posts here. I love your justice, Lord Jesus Christ, says Annette Hamilton. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's continue on. Uh, what else? You, anybody got any questions out there? Stay out of the big cities, Carol says. Uh, be safe. I, I, uh, I agree also. Uh, stay out of the big cities and be safe. Big cities are not the place I want to be. Okay, let's see this question from Ferris Hill. Have you seen the Vogue picture of Beyonce on, uh, on a red horse? No, I, um, I haven't seen the Vogue picture of uh, Beyonce on a red horse. Question, Catherine Cole, when Jesus said that he didn't know the day or the hour that was an earthly body, now that he's in heaven and God, Jesus, and Spirit are all one, I wonder now after his ascending, uh, he knows. I, I, I do believe so, uh, Catherine. I think that your speculation is correct. He knows when he's coming. Um, and uh, uh, we don't know exactly when this is going to happen, when the rapture is going to take place. But yeah, Martin says, let's see, it just disappeared on me. Where did Martin go? Um, oh, there it is, Martin, Electromag. Ezekiel 38 question, do you think that Jerusalem's unwalled villages will be a result of the Antichrist seven-year peace treaty? Excellent question, Martin. I'm thinking it's, it's possible. Some of my colleagues think that. I don't know, but something is going to cause uh, Israel to, to uh, be this land of unwalled villages. Okay, I want to say two different things at the same time, though. Uh, some of my friends and colleagues say, well, this isn't speaking of physical walls. Uh, but the, uh, in the sense right now, like when you look at Israel right now, if you travel there, you'll see all the walls that are built up to protect uh, the residents of Israel, the Jewish residents, from having terrorist attacks uh, come from the West Bank, for example, the, the, uh, play, from Hamas, coming from the areas of Judea and Samaria, which the UN calls the West Bank. So you have those walls. So some say those walls have to come down. That's possible. I have other friends of mine say, well, that's not what the walls are talking about. Uh, uh, when Ezekiel wrote that, he's talking about fortress walls, which uh, they don't have anymore in the sense of protecting the city like, uh, with their watchmen and so forth. So it'll be a land of unwalled villages in that sense. Okay, uh, but here's the thing also to think about is that um, God does tell us in Ezekiel chapter 38 that Israel, the people who are gathered back from the world, they're on the mountains of Israel. They're going to be dwelling in peace and safety. So that word safety in the Hebrew literally means security. And you could rightly say Israel now is in a place of security. And uh, because of the IDF and the laser technology they have to take down the missiles now and that sort of thing. So they're in safety. But the problem is the word peace, where it says peace and safety, it's a Hebrew word that means tranquility. And to me, Israel's definitely not in a place of tranquility where their guard is down. We're getting along with our neighbors. My friend Bill Salas says that's going to come after the Psalm 83 war. I don't necessarily agree with the Psalm 83 war, but I think there's some things that we just don't know exactly how they're going to unfold. Um, uh, The destruction of Damascus, Isaiah chapter 17. Maybe that's it. Uh, That's when it happens. After that, the destruction is so great that Israel's dwelling in this place of peace and safety. 
I do believe Isaiah 17 and the destruction of Damascus happens before the Ezekiel chapter 38 uh, war. Thank you, Martin, for the question. Uh, Amelios, Christos, what role do you think Yuval Noah Harari will play during the tribulation? That is a great question. I don't know exactly what role he's going to play, but I can tell you this much. He's an evil dude. Uh, he, he's not a good dude at all. Um, he's, he's a bad person. Um, he, he says uh, so many different quotes. I think I quoted this one last week where he said, uh, the world began when people believed in gods or created gods or something like that. It's going to end when we become gods. He's so blasphemous against Jesus Christ, against those who believe. When you look at Antichrist and what he says and the blasphemies against God, against all that is in heaven, uh, all that belong to the Lord against God himself, and you hear the words of no, yo, uh, Yuval Noah Harari, you think, man, he is one blasphemous guy. I don't think he's Antichrist. Not like well-liked by anybody except for the World Economic Forum, those people, uh, but but I can certainly see him playing a supporting role. I already think he does play a supporting role uh, to these last days things. So, a very interesting. Can you scroll back down? I missed some questions there. Thank you. Um, this is from Empress Kimberly. If Biden tries to divide Jerusalem, how much deep yogurt are we in? I think that's the words of, uh, of uh, uh, um, David Hawking. Deep yogurt are we in? God listed a consequence, and I don't remember it. I know it's bad, though. It's absolutely bad. I did mention it. Um, in uh, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible says all the world will be coming against uh, Israel. Uh, they're going to want to destroy Israel, or Jer Jerusalem specifically. It's very specific. Coming against Jerusalem. All the world gathered against her, but God's going to crush every city that does. Joel chapter 3, I believe it's verse 2, God says, I will, I will uh, judge all those nations that seek to divide my land. God says it's my land. He's talking about Jerusalem. I will judge every nation that does that. So according to God, it's going to be bad. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, I'll bless those who bless thee, I'll curse those who curse thee. And right now the Biden administration is doing what they can to, um, to uh, not just abandon Israel, but to curse Israel. Question, next one. What are your thoughts on God's law regarding clean and unclean foods? I like bacon. I'm not under the law. And uh, so I enjoy it. Um, so, I mean, you know, uh, we're not under law. I think the Bible's pretty clear on that with Peter and the sheet and so forth. I have friends that, uh, that prefer to eat kosher. That's fine. Uh, but I also know where the Bible tells us that we aren't to lay our trip on somebody else when it comes to uh, the, the feast days and the Sabbaths and so forth. Um, so I don't, like my friends, for example, that are kosher, I don't eat bacon in front of them. Um, it's just, you know, I, I, choose, I choose to try and res respect them when I'm around them. And uh, they don't, listen, my friends don't lay their trip on me. Well, one of them does. Uh, but the rest, <laughs> the rest of them don't. And I, and I shouldn't either um, lay what, my trip on them. If, if that's the way that somebody wants to eat, then praise the Lord. And if somebody wants to eat another way, then praise the Lord. So uh, with that, yeah, I, I, li I, like, I like bacon. What are your thoughts on... Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, let's see. Tom L. Question: Isn't Biden's God, isn't Biden God's judgment on the U.S. the wickedness and evil of the country get leadership that leads to destruction? Tom L. That's what I think. Also, I can go back to the time of Israel in their beginning. 
the people wanted a ruler that wasn't God, so, they, so God gives them Saul. He said, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be oppressed. It's going to go really bad. Your taxes are going up. It's just going to be a mess. You're going to hate it. That's what happened, just like that. And I look at Biden personally. I think Biden is a judgment on America. In fact, let me read this to you. This is from End Times uh, Headlines. Uh, it was a post that they had earlier today, and I pulled it up. Uh, End Time Headlines. I like going there sometimes on Instagram. Uh, to him who has ears to hear, it fits with this, let him hear. I believe what you are seeing here is a prophetic picture and a warning to America. The picture that he's referring here, End Time Headlines, is Biden when he fell off his bicycle yesterday or whatever it was. It's a snapshot of that, right? And he says, the United States has become weak, fragile, and no longer the leading superpower of the world. Her pride and blatant defiance of God is taking her down. America is falling. And he puts in parentheses, uh, Babylon is falling. I don't believe America is Babylon. I think they're two different judgments. I think America is in that presence right now. And Babylon, Revelation 18, that's still coming. But both are going down. The word of the Lord warns that any nation that continues to walk in disobedience to the Lord and defy its, his commandments will find themselves being given over to their enemies. And if they persist and not repent, will utterly be destroyed. What does this look like? It looks like famine, plagues, pestilences, disasters, food shortages, desolate highways, confusion, uh, chaos, and so forth. And so uh, look, he continues, says, America is not exempt from anything that the Lord has warned other nations of. If God dealt with Israel's disobedience in this same manner, and, was called the, and Israel is called the apple of his eye, how much do you think he will deal harshly with America? I don't really care what your popular television preacher or favorite celebrity pastor has convinced you, the word of God does not change. I totally agree. Fits with that question that you have about Biden's judgment and uh, celebrity pastors, no, um, uh, just, you know, um, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Question, somebody asked here about JD, does anybody uh, know, what's, um, <laughs> know what's going on? Let me, sorry about the laugh there. Listen, he's on vacation. So uh, pray for him. He goes through a lot of stuff, man. Let me tell you, he's out there in Hawaii kind of by himself. I would, I would encourage you to pray for, uh, pray for JD. Um, and uh, yeah, he's on vacation. And sometimes, let me tell you, this, this, this can really be very wearisome, very tiresome. And people hate you for doing this. But you guys know. I mean, you're, you're, you're connected with these things also. Uh, question, where does gas rights dispute stand today? So, Angela, I'm guessing that's a reference to, um, to the, the, you're talking about the gas rights with off the coast of Israel. I talked about that a few times lately. Did a video on that with David Tao, by the way. You can go and you can check it out. It says Rosh Hani Kra, a tour of Israel. I have a lot more of those that are coming up. They're going to take us a while to produce. Um, but but uh, still in the same place, Israel has a gas rights. However, they are lining themselves up with Egypt. I think we talked about that a little bit last week. Um, and so uh, Israel and Egypt lining themselves up to sell gas to Europe. This becomes a huge problem. It's a total setup for the Ezekiel 38 scenario because this puts Russia into a bind is Israel because Europe needs gas. They've been dependent on Russia's gas. Well, this cuts out Russia, Israel and Egypt lining up, giving gas to Russia, I mean, giving gas to Europe, uh, the, hook in the hooks in the jaws of Egypt, uh, of, uh, of 
Russia, Ezekiel 38 coming down to take Israel's plunder. You can see everything being set up. It's really remarkable to watch. Uh, but again, what do we do? We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and all of this. Uh, ultimately, Psalm 122, when, when the Bible says pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that's praying for the Messiah. That's praying for Jesus to come back. So we pray for the peace of Jerusalem knowing this means that Jesus is coming back. He's going to judge all unrighteousness. This question comes from Saul. Uh, thank you, Saul. Do you think that China's plan of a new world era will collide with Western world's uh, Western's New World Order plan? If not, is China and Bible prophecy? Great question, Sal. Yeah, I do not think they are the same. Um, in fact, you have, you have two good questions on here. I don't think they're the same. Listen, China is led by a megalomaniac. Russia is led by a megalomaniac. United States, Europe, you have all these different leaders. They, they, they're, they're all mega egomaniacs. And the Western world is eventually going to have their antichrist at the top of the world that they're creating. China's not going to submit to the Western world. Um, China would like to take over the Western world, which I, if we had time, I think I would have gotten to some of the threats that are coming from China right now against the Western half of the United States. Threats from Russia, we already talked about that, from Nicaragua. So you look at these threats, interesting to see. Okay, so we have that. And then... Um, so you have China's not going to go along with the Western world. Russia's not going to, right? So we can see, in fact, it appears that a lot of what Russia's doing is because of this, the globalists of the Western world that want to destroy Putin. Putin's saying, I don't, want, I don't want that to happen to me. So, no, I don't think they're the same. I think they clash against each other. But ultimately, biblically, uh, it's the Western world that's going to come out ahead because it's of the people who destroyed the city of Jerusalem in 70 AD, according to Daniel 9, that Antichrist rises out of, and these 10 kings of this global system that is coming. Okay, is China in Bible prophecy? Um, I, listen, I don't think so, okay? This gets people so, so, so angry at me, but I'm going to deal with it anyways, because here's, here's the story, Morning Glory. Um, there's many people, and I know some of you right now just want to light me up and teach me some things I don't understand. All right, so let me say some things, right? I taught for a long time, all the way through the 1990s, that China was going to have an army of 200 million men based on the book of Revelation. They're going to come into Armageddon, and they're going to come up over the Euphrates River. Then, uh, about 20 years ago, I, I started studying a little bit further, and I said, wait a minute. There's a problem with this interpretation of Chinese have a, a 200 million Chinese army. In Revelation chapter 9, you have the, the trumpet judgments. There's a 200 million army of what? It appears to me to be demons that come underneath from, from underneath the Euphrates River, not a dried up Euphrates River going over the top. An army of 200 million appears to be demons coming up that are released from underneath the Euphrates River. Revelation chapter 9 is the sixth trumpet judgment where a third of the earth is destroyed. Okay, Revelation chapter 16, the Bible says, the kings of the east come up over the dried up Euphrates River. The only two things that have connected these in people's minds is the word Euphrates. They're not the same judgments. Revelation 16 is Armageddon. It even says, this is Armageddon, Megiddo. This is it. 
This is the time of the end when Antichrist and false prophet are there in the Jezreel Valley, Armageddon. So Revelation chapter 9 with the 200 million demons affects a third of the planet with judgments. Revelation chapter 16 is at the very end. It's the judgment of judgments. It is Armageddon. It's all over, baby, at that point. And it doesn't say anything about a 200 million army of Chinese people coming over the dried up Euphrates River. It says kings, plural, of the, from the east are going to come up over the dried up Euphrates River. East of what? Well, east would normally mean Jerusalem, just east of Jerusalem. In this case, we know it means east of the Euphrates River. Well, who can that apply to? That can apply to a whole lot of different armies of the kings of the east, east of the Euphrates River. We know east of the Euphrates because they come up over the dried up Euphrates River. Not only that, I mean, there's a lot of different things that do not connect. Um, logistically, I've done studies on this. It would take over 100 years. Do your own logistics studies to find out how long it would take to relocate an army of 200 million soldiers. How long it would it take? Uh, you have to have hospitals. 200 million. That's like an entire large nation. 200 million. You have to have hospitals, a whole lot of them. You have to have kitchens. You have to have food. You have to have sanitation. You've got all these different things coming from China. It's unrealistic. It doesn't fit. It's, it, it's not biblical. And I know a lot of you out right now are totally ticked off at me. You're going to send me your reasons on why I'm wrong because your favorite teacher said uh, you got a 200 million Chinese army. Listen, I know how it began. It began many years ago when China announced we can now field an army of 200 million soldiers. That's when prophecy speakers took it and said, aha, that's it, Revelation 9, Revelation 16. Listen, they're different judgments. These same prophecy teachers, some of them are friends of mine. They might not be after this. But, but, but I've, I've mentioned this before to them. Uh, you, you, take the, you have the seal judgments, and then you have the, the trumpet judgments, and then the bowl judgments. They'll say they all unfold consecutively, except for when they get the 200 million of Revelation 9 in the trumpet, and they suddenly put that with the bold judgment of Revelation chapter 16. They go, except for these two. They're together at the very, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit. They're not the same. So uh, please don't send me your emails because I've, I've been dealing with this. I know what I'm talking about on this. And I know there's a lot of people out there that say I'm wrong, but this is right. Study it for yourself before you fire off an email to me telling me uh, I'm wrong. But that was a great question. A lot of great questions. Um, listen, this is what I got to ask you to do. I, I'm, um, a couple of different things. Uh, one thing is the live stream for August, the Prophecy Conference with, with uh, Billy, with Brandon, with Monkey. Don Stewart will be in person. The only thing in person he's doing this entire year. Uh, James will be with me. Don Perkins will be with me. Dr. Andy Woods will be with me. I think I got them all. Monkey. Uh, Monkey. Uh, so it's going to be a fantastic conference, but it will be live stream. It did fill up the in-person registration, which we figured it would, but we will be doing live stream. I think July 1st is our date to do that. We have our Israel trip coming up. Uh, we'll be able to go, you'll be able to register starting that tomorrow. If you want to go with us, you can get, it doesn't, you can just go to the website, hopefortimes.com, get the information there. It's free to check out what we're going to do. It's going to be a terrific uh, time in Israel. And then also, here's the deal. I am going to be live at, let's see, what time, about 55 minutes from now with Kurt Reed. Go to Kurt Reed's YouTube channel. Um, it's in the description. Uh, if you look at your YouTube, you follow it, you'll see the description. 
and uh, it'll say Kurt Reed, his YouTube channel. I'm going to be there live with Kurt Reed. I don't know what he's going to ask me. I don't know if we're taking questions from all of you guys, um, uh, but it's going to be exciting. So if you can, so it's less than an hour from now. So I got to cut out. I got to start making the change in my head. You'll see me wearing the same shirt, probably the same glasses or no glasses. I'm not sure on that yet. And I will have my Bible. And uh, looking forward to you. Hope you guys can make it over there. Again, that's Kurt Reed. The description is in the YouTube channel. God bless you guys. Oh, one last question. When do you think World War III will go down? I don't know. Uh, some say it's already begun. We have the rider on the white horse, the red horse, which is massive war, the black horse, famine and economic catastrophe, then the pale horse. Looks like we're quite close. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. God bless you guys. Okay, hope to see you at 6 o'clock, if you can make it. If you can make it, see you over there. God bless. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.